straight, no chaser. Kick this, kick this joint off. Listen to yet another episode of Straight No Chase to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Um, please like us, subscribe to this podcast. You know, tell your friends about it. All of the above. My name is John Cook, and uh, I'm glad to be here and everything. But y'all don't actually. You're not supposed to know my name. Let me change my name real quick, real quick. But we can continue on. Do our little intro. Ra, go for it. What's going on, y'all? Rasheem, a.k.a. Ra, uh, Southeast D.C. Your name is out there, too. Yonkers. <laughs> I am drinking um, Uncle Nearest. I got me a new bottle. My old bottle was was done, so I got me a new bottle of the day. Premium, off-chain. KG? What's the deal, man? KG, Texas. Sipping on a little... Uncle Nearest too, and my personalized glass, and um, equal is better, greater than divided. So, what's up, John? What's up, Lee? Hey, man, <laughs> Neil, what's going on? VA, tired of doing these two a days in the gym, but I'm here, drinking my water. Ain't nothing changed. Let's get it. Don't forget the gummy worms. Well, now, all right, so we're going to kick this off. So the idea is we're going to touch on something pop culture related. We're going to touch on something parenting related. We're going to touch on partnership related stuff. And then um, we also going to touch on, I forgot the, the fourth one, uh, pop culture, parenting, politics, 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 and, and partnerships. Politics. So you can get the relationships, you get the fatherhood, motherhood, you get all that. All of the above, all of the above. We got to start it off with the pop culture aspect of things because there was a big kerfluffle last week about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith and August Alcina and all of that other good stuff. Now we put last week's show to bed like Thursday. On Friday, Jada came out, Jada and Will came out with, uh, you know, their red table talk and had a little discussion about it. So I kind of want to go around the horn here. Last week, y'all was kind of like, well, you know, it happens. August Alcina, he got it put on him. And, you know, he kind of lost his mind a little bit. It was mainly August Alcina, basically, is kind of the, the villain of the piece. I want to know if y'all still feel the same way now that you kind of got some, you know, additional context from Will and Jay. What'd you say? I said his memory is flawed. We didn't say that. Yeah, right. No one, no one said he was the villain. Like I know, I didn't say he was the villain. I didn't say that either. Maybe I'm only remembering what I said. Nonetheless, he definitely was. But anyway, continue. He's not. You think how is he the villain? Well, he's a grown man. I mean, are we gonna do this? Is this what we gonna do? Okay, <laughs> I was gonna pass it off to y'all, but cool. I can go ahead and get my piece out real. Quick. I got a few people on IG talking about. Oh no, Will and Jada talk. Are we really doing that? Yeah, I, I mean. We're talking about Will and Jada, just for a split second. Just to wrap it up, just yeah, to got, touch base on what happened last week. So, gotta um, put a button in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. August Alcina to me um, is a bum. Um, I think that he was introduced to the family, and he came in. Um, he did what he did. Uh, the way that he is playing it all out at the current stage to try to capitalize and you know get some clicks for his album, I think. The Smith family showed him love. The way that he's doing things is terrible. Um, to me, dude's a bum. So that's that's me in a nutshell. And I, I'll leave it at that. See, this is this is why I feel we we do need to talk about it at this stage of the game. I know people are, uh, are sick and tired of hearing the will, Jada, August Alcina, but we need to put a, a different perspective on it that, that some people may not be putting on it. Um, and that's your perspective. Like, my perspective is 
the 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 dude didn't take advantage of, of of the family. He didn't he didn't come up in there and take advantage of it. He was a 22, 23, 24 year old dude mm-hmm. who was going through some things and had an opportunity to sleep with Jada. Mm-hmm. He took advantage of the opportunity. Right. They had a relationship for years, according to him, four years, or according to her, four years, whatever, four years, and then never said a peep about it, right? He may have alluded to it here or there, but it, that counts. but it wasn't until the, the Angela, whatever her name is, thing that he explicitly put it out there. Angela right? Yee? Yeah, whatever her name, Angela Yee. Um, I don't see him as a villain. I see him as a dude who got caught up. He liked her. People started to 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 talk bad about him, and he was like, "I'm done." Like, no, we we did what we did, and it was all good. It wasn't. There was no problem with it. So leave me alone. I don't see anything wrong with that. That's called. Um, I, I just have a major problem with anybody. Like, whatever happened between them two as adults is what happened. He doesn't have to go back and you know confirm or deny. That's your business to come back out and be like, yeah. You know, I did this with Jada. I got Will's permission. I'm doing this for my album. It's just, it's, it's terrible. We always talking about fuck boys and what people, you know, correct manhood behavior and stuff like this. Talking about who you slept with is whack. I'm sorry, it just simply is. I don't think he was, was, I think he was taking advantage of, and he was hurt. And he he's was a bomb. I mean, uh, whatever. He's a bomb. He go with the emotional aspect of things, I guess, whatever. Clearly the two people who never done counseling have a different perspective. <laughs> No, nah, he's a bum. He was a side dude. He should have kept his role and shut up. He caught Thank his feelings. Thank you, caught his feelings. And nah. he caught his feelings. He was like, yo, you know, I don't, I don't want to speak for the dude because I don't know, but he was probably on some old leave will, let it be you and me. Jada was like, whoa, it's not that deep. Whatever. He just got his feelings hurt. That's all it was. He got his feelings hurt and he couldn't handle it. Now, I will say, is it a double standard? Because if Will had done something like that with some 20-year-old girl, his name would be through the mud. So on that aspect... Jada's file for that, you know what I mean? Because right is right, wrong is wrong. So whether it was her hollering at a young dude or Will hollering at a young female, that's still wrong. But as far as playing your lane, August Alicina, you a bum. Y'all ridiculous, man. I, I don't really know. I don't know where y'all get this stuff from. He was within his right to say whatever he felt. I think she was within her right to say whatever she felt. Her husband was it was it within his right to say whatever he felt. Again, I said this two weeks ago. Whatever Will and Jada want to do in their marriage, that's their goddamn business. If they want to invite other people into their marriage, that's their goddamn business. If he was invited into the marriage and decided he wanted to express, you know, his feelings for her, that's his business. Do I agree with what he did? No. Um, but under the circumstances, based on her own admission. He was in a difficult spot. She was helping him out. Their family was helping him out. I do believe she ex- she exhibited some predatory behavior by you know messing with this young this young. He was a, he was in his twenties, but if you are a broken man, a broken young man, um, clearly I don't know if he was his, his age didn't reflect his maturity level. Uh, physically, yeah, he might have been you know twenty plus years old. That don't mean nothing. I mean we know what we was doing. We was in our twenties sometimes. And we, it wasn't always the smartest thing. So you can't. You can't sit up here and act like, you know, he is at the mature age and physically at the at the same place. So I think she exhibited some predatory behavior. Um, to Neil's point, I mean, he went for it. It's no different than a high school kid trying to teach her. That happens. Um, high school kid is a minor. He was 22, 23, 24 years old. I'm not, I'm not debating whether it's a minor or an adult. I'm saying in the, in, the, in the mental relationship, she was the mature person. He was the immature person who, who admittedly had mental issues, emotional issues. She exploited that and took advantage of this little dude. Clearly, he is still going through what he called feelings. He got emotions. And I don't think at any given point in time when she was going to leave her husband for this dude. Now she stated that he was going through a break. Um, I do think I do believe there's some some unspoken things that they did not share uh, because they only addressed that portion of it. She did some other stuff that he was just like, "Listen, I was done with your ass." That's his quote, not mine. So there's other things that was going on that we don't know about, and that ain't our business to know about. Agreed. Facts. Go ahead, Rod. You you smirking like the the cat that got the. Last canary or whatever. 
No, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with Cage, um, but I, I also, because I, I got Dally on uh, on IG. She, she's, she's up in New York, and she's talking about how, um, you know, they, they had their marriage. You know, they had their agreement to do whatever they wanted to do within their marriage. That's between them. Um, but the only caveat I will put in it, according to what everyone is saying, at that moment when this went down, it, it wasn't like they were inviting people into the marriage. They were separated and going in different directions. Thank you. So it wasn't like they were happily married, like like Ossie and Ruby D at one point in time. Ossie Davis and Ruby D at one point in time decided to have uh, an open relationship while they were married. And they did that for 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 a little bit only to find out that eh, sex is sex. I'd rather have love with this one person than sex with these many people. And that's what they decided to do. Mm. Will and Jada wasn't at that point. They wasn't doing that. They was, as Will said, I, I was done with her. And since so she's like, I'm done, he's done. I can go do who I want. Right. It just so happened, it was your son's friend. That's the only thing that got me. That's a little trifling. I will that's not deny that. That's a little trifling. My point is, the relationship is what it is. Once once it's done and it's a wrap, and I don't deny that he had his emotions, and he was upset, he fell in love, whatever you want to call it. When it's, when it's a wrap, it's a wrap. So you don't get to um, continuously refer to it. Um, you definitely should not use it as ammunition or a marketing ploy to get more attention for your product. It's just trifling. So by all means, what's up? Did you watch his interview? Um, I've watched a few, yes. The original one where he had, where he said, this is what happened? Yeah. Yeah. With Angelique, you watched the, you watched that interview? I did. How did, how did. how did it even come up? How did it come up? I believe that she asked him about it. Okay, so he's not going around yapping about it. He's answering questions. If you are an adult, you know how to answer a question without necessarily giving away any kind of information. So if somebody said, uh, asked you a really personal question that you don't necessarily want to answer that has nothing to do with the topic at hand, you can say, I'm not really going to answer that. I'm uncomfortable with that. You can skip over it. You can do all kinds of things. What you can't do is be like, well, you know what? Let me air out this situation that deals with something that ended years ago uh, that some people that will didn't mean him no harm. Jaden didn't mean him no harm. Why would you drag that whole family back out here for nothing? You know what I'm saying? Publicize your little album. Talk about that. Bringing up this whole other situation is lame, but he is smart because he knows that that's the only way people going to pay attention to his music. Again, it's trifling. There's there's very little else that I can say about that. You saw wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. I think that we've touched on that now, so. We can move on. We can move on. And another aspect, since we're talking about old stuff, DMX versus Snoop. Now, we in our 40s, this is kind of like the music that we grew up with. I try to listen to like my little old school rap or whatever the case is. I heard Biggie Smalls on WHUR the other day. That kind of hurt my feelings. That's officially old folks music now. So who do y'all think is going to necessarily win, DMX or Snoop? I really don't have an opinion on it, man. I like, I like both. I grew up on both, and I'm maybe I look at it from a different perspective. Versus is just, you know, a catalog, a catalog of your twenty hits versus my twenty hits or whatever it is, of hits and bangers in the club. DMX got a catalog, Snoop got a catalog. I just think it'd be, I think it's going to be entertaining. Now, if I had to say my old days, y'all know when I was first out in New York, I'd have been like, yeah, DMX about to crush him, but. Now that I'm older, they both have quality music that makes a lot of people dance and enjoy themselves. So I think it'd be entertaining. I'm not looking for it like, oh, he gonna get bodied and who gonna body this. I, I think it'd be entertaining. Here's some music we all grew up on. Right. Answer the question, man. He's he ain't got no opinion. I mean, it's we Thank who's you, John. going in is everybody. Everybody's Thank you, John. going in. Right. <laughs> Y'all yeah. Professor X ass. I just yeah. answered the question. It's going to be a nice battle. See, he know what he's doing. That's why he's smiling. Next. <laughs> Make a decision, man. It's going to be, I think it's going to be close, but X, X is going to um, edge it out on the W, in my opinion. I think X got a, uh, I mean, Snoop got one great album. The rest, the rest of his, some of his albums ain't even all that great. 
he has a lot of dope features. <laughs> John's so, dying. I don't care what John's saying. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> but uh, he got some dope features, but I think X got some dope features too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think X, I don't know if X got 20 hits though, like 20 of them. I feel like he does. Uh, but I, I think I think X might win out a little bit. Edge out, like maybe like ten nine type of thing. Hmm. You, you really think that that this is going to lean towards Snoop's? Un undoubtedly. Okay. And the, uh, uh, America Internet. First of all, Rashim is kind of biased because he's from the same area as DMX. So keep that in mind. But. Um, I think that the only people who is really going to go for DMX is kind of like the East Coast type dudes, the vast majority of the world. I mean, I don't know how they even score this, so it's not like it's going to be whatever. It's going to be ultimately like Neil was saying, hip-hop wins, everybody's going to win. But if you had to come up with like a scorecard, there is no question if you listed Snoop Dogg and all his hit records and put them up against DMX. But don't go necessarily by records, though. It's by hit, so you can have features. You can have, you know. So all it's, just your, it's just your body of work. That's all it is. I it assure y'all, Snoop Dogg got more than twenty. It's your body of work. It's also where you position your songs in the midst of the competition. So fair. It's a strategy, right? If no Snoop strategy, like like fabulous strategy, he gonna get destroyed. Yeah, or like that Nelly and Ludacris joint. Oh God. So, Please make sure that the Wi-Fi is working. That's all I can say. So here's here's my thing. One one, I'm kind of upset they're doing this on a Wednesday as opposed to a Sunday, like they typically do their verses on a Sunday. Mm. Um, so they're doing it on a Wednesday. For those who, who who you know, the few people who watch us, we typically record on on Wednesday. So we're gonna butt heads with that. Mm. I may I may work out the technology where we can bounce back and forth and actually pull it up while we doing go. it. All right. So I'll I'll see if I can work That'd the technology. But but let me tell you, um, uh, Neil, you, you, you silly for not having having a, an opinion on this. John, you just straight stupid for thinking that Snoop is gonna win. No, lot your minds. Because because here's here's the deal. Um, Snoop's music is chill, is laid back, is something that you want to smoke to. That's that's for you smokers out there. That's okay. that's what Snoop music is. It's not really party music. It's not. DMX music, he always had party joints on his album. Always. So what's going to happen is Snoop is going to drop some chill, laid back, I'm a West Coast gangster type stuff. And then someone else is going to, and DMX is going to drop, drop party up. You know what I'm saying? Or um, Rough Riders Anthem. It, Rough Riders Anthem is going to shut everything down. You are out of your mind. I'm not. And if you just, if you go like, because of course they're going to do the little cameo joints. If yes. he drops, if he, five, four, three, two, one, the LL cameo he did, if he drops uh, uh, 24 Hours to Live off of Mace's album, like they are cameos that he got that's going to crush anything. anything. All Snoop Dogg got to drop is gin and juice and the, the battle is over with. No, that round is over with. Gin and juice will beat anything DMX has in my Thank head. you. Gin and juice will beat uh, deep cover. So that'll be, it's that'll, a wrap. be that'll be one for him. Deep cover. Two. What about um sexual seduction? Sexual seduction. <laughs> Ow! Whatever. That joke was right. hot though. Oh, come on. That no, was hot. Listen, Snoop, it's gonna be close. But I think DMX is gonna edge him out. That's that's my personal opinion. We will be back to revisit this. We next might be, we might pull it up next week. Just that's what I'm saying. To see, it's a live. What do you call that when you do that? When you live blog something or another, whatever, whatever. No, we not. We we won't live it. We'll just pull it up and record it. Right, 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 right. And, and then we can back. respond to it. Technology. Right. So speaking of technology, unfortunately, the never-ending COVID damn story. So politics. What are y'all thinking about the, you know, sudden, is, this is, we talked about this two, three weeks ago. What would happen if there was a second wave? Well, clearly we in the midst of the second wave, you know what I'm saying? The infection rates going through the roof in most of the states and they gonna close things down again, or are they? How do y'all feel about school opening up? Where you at with this whole thing? Neil. Neil, yeah. Well, 
I don't know, man. It's just like looking at people, at least in my area, in VA, that's really not taking it seriously. Like people still have issues with wearing a mask and, you know, because my daughter's working in, a, in a, like a fast food area and they're like, they still got to be adamant to let people know, yo, wear your mask. Like people just are getting tired of it, but yo, you can't get tired of this. We still have no cures for this yet. We don't know what's going on. The, the, the numbers are starting to skyrocket again. And then now, initially, they want to start schools in uh, August 31st, but they're still trying to revamp and see how they're going to set up classrooms. Because typically, well, if you're in the elementary setting, you got 30, 30 kids in the classroom. You damn sure can't have that now. So now I think they want 10, 10, maybe 12 in the classroom. So if you remember your elementary school days or your middle school days, to try to figure out how can we have 10 deaths in a classroom that is six feet apart. So it's a lot of planning on how the classrooms are gonna be, how, you know, they have to do those things where you, they check their temperature when you first walk in the building in the morning. Um, they wanna have kids eat lunch in their classroom. So that's gonna be chaos. So now I gotta have classes in this. I have to have my classes in the classroom, eat lunch in my classroom. So I'm limited on movement. That's gonna be a little touchy situation. And then the last thing they are trying to work out is, um, and I think John and I, I think we all touched on it, but the last thing they're working on is how they're going to set up the schedules for the week. They want a two, three. So you go to school two days out the week and you're virtual three days out the week. But like John and I were talking about, or maybe all of us, what about those special needs kids mm -hmm. that, you know, need that one-on-one? -on -one? You're going to need more than two days with them in the classroom. So it's, 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 it's a lot of glitches they, they, they trying to work up on, man. I don't, I don't know. I'm hearing in some areas too, they're saying maybe school might start as, Late as the end of September. So I'm just like trying to figure this out. That's the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, DC just announced, well, they didn't announce it. It it ended up in the in the media, but the um the mayor's gonna have a press conference about it tomorrow. But it, it looks like they're gonna do that whole two, three thing as well, like two days in-house, three virtual or three in-house, two virtual, one of those, but they're gonna split it. Um, and I know Montgomery County, they already announced it that everyone's gonna be virtual. Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the school year and then what they're going to do is they're going to transition into you know in-person education but i think all of that is i mean everyone's still holding their breath because i mean we talk in the context of schools but i think everyone in society is holding their breath we don't know what this is going to look like in september we don't know what's going to look like in october like like these areas in the country that have all of a sudden started to to to, to skyrocket in terms of the cases and and now the deaths are starting to go up. We don't know if that's going to make its way back east. You know what I'm saying? Because all it takes is a bunch of people to feel like, oh, I'm good. I'm taking care of. I'm safe. We're all right. We're in, we're in our phase three reopening. D.C. is fine. But it only takes a couple of people to still have a germ. And the next thing you know, you got it. The, the news is talking about now how really the antibodies aren't, they're not sticking like they used to. So you think you might might have had it, might have had a little protection low immunity, and now we can build up herd immunity because we got these antibodies out there. They saying antibodies aren't sticking. So you could get it twice. You can still get, you can still give it to others. So I think um, like nobody's safe, no, no, no society is safe until there's a vaccine. Like, and, and Trump needs to recognize that. His silly behind is running around here thinking everything is, 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 is copacetic. Nobody is gonna be cool until there's a vaccine. That's how I look at it. Well, gentlemen, um, we're not going to shut down again, not in Texas. California, they're essentially shut down again. Um, the southern states, um, led by, it's, it's somewhat political, quite frankly, um, mm -hmm. it's a, it's along political lines, if you are quote unquote red state, you're not shutting down. Um, they may slow down the, the rephase of opening. I go back to the you know a, a prior step, but going back to straight shutdown is not happening. The around the school piece, we're not sending our daughter back to school. Um, I don't trust it. It's not. I mean, they, they they gave out some protocols, but you know you just can't. I don't I don't feel comfortable personally. Um, to Rob's point, you can be reinfected, so it's not like, you know, you get it one time and you're good. 
mean, people people wilding out, man. And it's it's uh, people got to figure out how to how to live with it to some extent, or live the best that they can, so that they don't they themselves don't get infected with it. But this is we clearly, as as Doctor uh, Michael Osterholm says, we're like in the third or fourth inning. Um, if you don't know who that is, Michael Osterholm uh, works at the University of Minnesota. He's been on this. He wrote a, a couple of books in the past around um, these type of incidents. So he's a person I've been listening to uh, predominantly during this whole uh, process. So go check him out. He's pretty pretty interesting. Cool. I mean, um, it's unfortunate. I've been saying this the whole entire time, and no politician is going to say it, but uh, many thousands of people are going to get sick. Many thousands of people are going to die. You got um, millions of people that are sick. We got hundreds of thousands of people that are sick. Dead. Hundreds of thousands of people going to die. And I don't see any other way out of it because, like, if a vaccine popped up tomorrow, um, a lot of people are not going to take it. You know what I'm saying? If your employment uh, was dependent upon it, you would take it. I don't think. I, Me personally, no, I'm not. A lot of people would. And I, and I think that's that's cor corporate America will help drive the vaccine because you may have to prove your like, think about that. Like in order to work, you have got to take this experimental vaccine or you will get fired. You know what I'm saying? And that's no. pretty much where a lot of parents are at, too. It no. school system. No, that's not that's not that's not the way it's communicated. They, yeah. they are in experimental phase now. Mm -hmm. By the time they put it out there, you're not taking an experimental vaccine. You still are. You're taking a vaccine. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So if the government said, hey, we have put all of our resources, we have done everything that we can do. Here's the vaccine. We, we've done the test. We've done everything. Here's the vaccine. And that, at that point, would you feel comfortable? The government has stamped it. Not, not, nobody is saying that, John. What I'm saying is... Okay, corporate, whatever. I'm saying they got it. Corporate America uh -huh. will push this vaccine, as will schools, to make people take it in order to remain employed and remain in, 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 a, in, a, in a functional part of society. Wow. And that's okay. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying that that's, that's, how, they, that's how they can push it. I feel like sometimes I'm in a twilight zone because what y'all describing is absolute lunacy. No, I mean, I get what you're saying, John, and I get what Keltrick is saying, but at the same token, it's just like people who are like, I don't know, think about it. Me work and take care of my family right? or don't take this vaccine and I'm unemployed. For some people, that's a, yo, I'm going to take this vaccine. I totally agree with you. I wouldn't take it neither, but there are some that's <laughs> like that. I guarantee you there's a vaccine and Neil works in the school system and they say Neil cannot have a job unless he proves himself to be vaccinated from this illness. Is that, that they will do that in the school system? They do it right now. Like if you don't have your certain shots and your medical records, unless you were in an exempt state, you cannot attend public schools. For measles, mumps, and rubella, and all that other good stuff, um, we do not know what any type of vaccine, what kind of after effects it's going to have. I think it's going to be very, very interesting. You can't even go on international trips sometimes without taking certain certain vaccines. Yeah. I don't go international. I ain't taking a damn vaccine. No, I just think it's a slippery slope. I mean, I know what Keltrick was saying, and he's completely right, but I don't know. And and I guess what you were trying to say, John, with Tara, as far as if they did implement something like what Keltrick is saying, it's still almost like an experiment. Just because the government stamps it and say it's ready to market, yeah. you don't know what the long-term effects are going to be on that person that takes it. So that is almost like an experiment. Ten years from now, shit, you grow an extra pinky or your ass got an extra eyeball and shit, then it's like, oh, we didn't know. You don't got COVID, but you got an ulcer in your eye. Well, you know, but you don't have COVID. Look, I, um, I just got a, a vaccination um, two days ago. Got a tetanus shot. Tetanus shot. Because they, they 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 recommend that every 10 years you get one. Right. I'm at a point now where I'm willing to take shots on everything. I am. I had the choice yeah. to take a tetanus shot. I said, you know what? Give it to me. Flu season's gonna run around. 
I'm going to have the choice to take the flu vaccine. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. Now, I may not jump out for the COVID because I want to see, they're going to be, mo- I think they're going to be multiple uh, 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 pharmaceutical companies because multiple have already made it into that, 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 that the experimental mm-hmm. range where they got to, you know, do the little test in the third phase where they can actually, right. so it's not going to be like one company that's going to have potentially a vaccine. There's going to be multiple companies, I think. Mm-hmm. So I am going to sit back and see how this thing pans out, mm-hmm. what's said, how the reaction is, what the, what the real-time um, uh, uh, side effects are. But at some point in time, I'm going to take the vaccine because, because I'm getting older. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to get this shit. So if that means I'm going to have a third eyeball when I'm 70, so be it because I'm going to get to 70. They got people who are in their 30s getting taken out by this shit now. Pardon me, by this stuff now. I'm not, I'm not going to be, look, I'm not trying to be taken out at 52 years old because I didn't want to take a vaccine. And like I said, I salute you. We all got to live our own truth. Like I've never given my daughters a flu shot. I'm 47. I've never taken a flu shot. All them years in New York, every year they come out, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to. So, I mean, everybody got to do what they feel is best for them. But certain me, things, certain things, I'm like, I'm, I'm good on that. Let me ask you a question. You ever get the flu? No. You've never gotten the flu in your life? Not that I can remember in my adult age, no. I really get sick, B. Knock on wood for that. Like, I'm not talking to that like, nah, thank you, God, for that. I really get sick, so. You work around around kids every day, all day. You have never gotten the flu? Bro, you've known me. When have you ever seen me sick? Out of the 20 years that we've been together. I really don't get sick. Neil, Neil, you have never seen me with the flu. So, I don't need nothing. Just I never seen it. Hey man, hey, it works for me. I refuse to take the flu shot. I'm not going to. I'm good on that. My daughters haven't taken it. They're fine. Out of the 17 years they've been on this earth, well, no, they had to take the basic, the MMR. Everybody, every young child got to take the measles, mumps, rubella shot. But after that, nah, they good. What'd you say, John? I mean, um, I really, really wish that I was more educated back in the day when my children had to get all that good stuff. By the time Jillian had to get her MMR shot, they had already taken out the controversial chemical that was in there or whatever. But you were literally putting hard, heavy chemicals in your children at a very young developmental age, I feel. And people be like, well, the government said that, it, that it's not caused by, that autism is not caused by vaccines. It's mm-hmm. caused by this or it's caused by that. What would happen in 20, 30 years if some scientists said, oh, you know what? Actually, it was. My bad. We don't know that that cannot happen. And don't tell me that it can't happen because it has happened. I'm not necessarily um, jumping out there to take no vaccines, be nobody's guinea pig. Um, I understand that it's theoretical that it's supposed to protect you from this particular virus. Who's to say that it's not going to wear down your defenses and make you more susceptible to something else? Who knows? Here's uh, everybody got to do what they got to do and all that. But the first thing that I think of when a government entity or somebody tells me I got to do something, you a lie. I ain't got to do nothing but stay black and die. You already said in the last episode that you have, uh, what's the, what was you diagnosed with? Authoritarian. Uh, authoritarian. Um, <laughs> it's an authoritarian disorder. Disorder, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's an authority. So anybody telling you anything is not going to work for you. What I, what I would submit is... You like you said, what makes you happy is making money. If Correct. you don't have this vaccine, potentially, right? What makes you happy won't be able to make you happy no more because you won't have the ability to make money legally, potentially. If you get that this, has never been no problem for me. <laughs> Anywho, well, right, thank you. There you I go. <laughs> I mean, um, everybody's going. I, I really hope that I'm totally wrong. The virus and the vaccine rolls out and it works beautifully. There's no problems. Everybody gets to live and we all live happily ever after. Unfortunately, I think that's not human nature and it's going to be the exact opposite. I think people are going to start being even more self-contained, more self-absorbed, wanting to make sure that their family and their little situation is straight, everybody else. And I think we're heading towards a reckoning in America. But on that positive ass note, I don't know how you be making up with these 
How about how you get these committee solutions? Like your your end result. Solution. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that's a solution. I'm saying that's the scenario that I see playing out. Millions of people sick, thousands of people dead. That's um, already happened. We're already there. It's ex it accelerated. Maybe is what I'm trying to say. What so instead of three and a half million, I'm talking about thirty million. You understand what I'm saying? Accelerated because yeah. it is spread out of control, spread out. Have y'all ever read The Stand by Stephen King? We, we in a slow moving end time kind of thing here. I, I mean, listen, it's true. It's Shut true. up, man. Shut up, please. No, I mean, no, we, we already here now. We're here now. Internet, go check out The Stand by Stephen King. You know anyway. what I want you to read? I want you to read up on the Spanish flu. Okay. And then we'll talk about that later. Spanish flu, I'm writing that down. We're write down the Spanish flu, Black Plague, bubonic plague, all that good stuff. But before we get into all those wonderful topics. We know that there was a bubonic plague. Uh, there's an appearance of it. There's, there's two cases right now. There's one in, I think there's one in Europe and there's one in the States with, in a squirrel. In a squirrel, yeah. <laughs> Yo, I mean, these types of little flare-ups of infectious diseases happening all over the place continuously. I mean, do y'all remember there was a flare-up of a virus that caused infants to be born with tiny heads? Y'all remember this? Yeah. Them little-headed children are growing up. Their heads is like this big, but they didn't grow. <laughs> it's not funny, but it was it was, it was it was in the Caribbean. It's in the Caribbean. It's down in like Brazil, oh, Latin America, somewhere. Virus. So you got like a ten-year-old kid with a little ass head, and it's terrible because their brain. I mean, you can imagine, it, it's all messed up, man. It's all messed up. Disease virus, man. Virus. That's exactly it. My point being is that these things flare up all over the place and it's just, it seems like it's accelerating. Anyway. That wasn't a pandemic though, just to be clear. Are you sure? It wasn't a pandemic for us. I bet it was a damn show pandemic in Brazil or wherever it was. Are you going to make up words and definitions again? It's not a pandemic if it's not worldwide. Pandemic means, I'm assuming pan means everywhere. Like we're panning. Like pan-African? Pan-African all over. Right. You're killing me today, man. You are killing me today. So wait a minute. Are you trying to say that if something is only very prevalent in a small area, it's not a pandemic? That's called an epidemic. There you go. You got to know your words, man. Whatever. Uh, it's sickness, it's viruses, it's illness. It is uh, spreading and it's, it's metastasizing all over the place in various different ways. So on that note, um, we had to touch on the parenting aspect of our little four Ps. And this is something that I wanted to bring up to y'all. We, I think we talked about this a little bit last week. We're all fathers. Um, but how did you get, who was like your father guide or Sherpa or whatever you want to call it, that kind of was the how you figured it out? Neil was saying last week that it was Bill Cosby. It was Bill Cosby for most of us in some way, shape, form, or fashion. We grew up watching that kind of thing. No. That's not true. It was your grandfather. It was Heathcliff Huxtable, not Bill Cosby, just to be yeah. very clear. Not, not for me. I'm, I'm not, I'm just, I just want to be clear. Like, people are not saying Bill Cosby. People right. are saying what they saw on the Cosby show, which was Heathcliff Huxtable. Two different people. Because mm -hmm. the Bill Cosby I knew was Fat Albert in the game. That's, that's the Bill Cosby I knew. Okay, see, this is, this is kind of the pop culture segment, but we being a little bit revisionist. But I'm going to let it slide. Because, yes, Bill Cosby was America's dad. Before he was Heathcliff Huxtable, because of his stand-up, because of his educational background, because he was making Fat Albert and all that other good stuff, he was America's dad. That's why, you know, Cosby Show was so big or whatever the case is. That's not no. true. No, yeah, that's that's you with your revisionist history. How, wait a minute. Well, you become no, America's dad. No, no, no. Dad before, before the Cosby Show. Before Fat Albert. Right. Before, before Cosby Show. Uh-huh. He was doing his stand-up. Yeah. He was big. He was all over the place. Right. He ended up landing a, a primetime television show. Okay. I think he might have been the first black man on primetime in Star Road. Yes. Correct. I Spy. Yes. That was the show. He like he was he was that he was the black actor, television actor that people wanted to be, and and that was long before everyone saw him as the family dad. He was just a young actor trying to get get paid, and he got paid which I think went yeah. to his head, which made it easier for him to do the stuff that he did. Cause he's like, I'm Bill Cosby. What the, what you mean? 
What you mean you're not going to take your panties off of me? I think he had that kind of mentality. But all that aside, when you bring up, because we're talking about parenting, you bring up fatherhood. Right. Yes. The guy that wrote fatherhood, the book. He was not, he was not my, um, he was not my model of fatherhood. He was a television show. Like I, like I watched enough television back then to understand that that was TV. And because they had a brownstone in Brooklyn and, and I was living in a, in, 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 with, with a little concrete surrounding Bobby over on Hudson River and Yonkers, I was like, my living and their living are completely different. So there's really nothing he can tell me about my lifestyle because you got a, a lawyer and a doctor in the household with, with you know, the family and the grandmamas and the grandma, grandpa. No, that's a different lifestyle. I didn't have a father. Like I had my, I had my father. He was around. He just was in a different city. So every time I got to see him, I got to see him. He wasn't doing the most. Like he, my father was a superhero to me, even though he didn't have a job. Even though he, he wasn't in my life, you know, other than when I came around to get haircuts, uh, uh, um, or holidays, and I had to unpack that later. That I kind of figured out that he probably wasn't in my life because my, you know, my, he and my mother, and he had enough sense to be like, I'm not gonna get on her nerves. So when 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 the boys come to see me, the boys come to see me, we good. But that didn't take away from who he was. He was my father. It's just that he wasn't a Heathcliff Huxtable type of father. I think when he when he died, I think on a, um on the obituary, uh, they had him down. To his job was like handyman like uh like he was somebody's janitor or something like i ain't never seen him pick up a hammer hammer in my life hmm. but but that was my father so he was my father figure even though he he wasn't there to teach me how to you know hit a ball or a throw a ball or talk to the ladies or whatever that was my old man crow was my old man period end of story heathcliff had nothing on crow Crow was my old man. What what have you modeled from his, from his father techniques or father techniques in your own parenting? Mm. Um, he was extremely laid back, and he was slow to anger. My mother would pop off in a heartbeat. Him, nope. Uh, actually, he wouldn't even talk about stuff. Like if I got if I did something wrong, he wouldn't be like, let's talk about this. Da, da, da. He'd just be like, you know you're wrong. Yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. And keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? So I think uh for me, especially because my experience with fatherhood, I, I you know, I, I I got a daughter at 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 you know 13, 14 years of age. Then I got a daughter. So she had already went through the pooping and pampers and all that good stuff. And now I got her at that. That, that 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 pivotal point where you going in puberty, you coming into your own, you becoming a woman and all that good stuff. And you got all that craziness going on with high school. So it's easier for me to just be like, all right, let's be laid back about this. I'm not going to pop off. There's nothing to pop off about. Now she did understand, because we talked about that. Um, she understood that there, there would be times where I, had, I would have to discipline her. But I also expressed to her that that if I had to go through hell and fight the devil for you, I would. There's just no getting around that. So me disciplining you, like, you should take that with a grain of salt. And the way she's built, she's like, okay, cool. So there's no issues. So I'm able to be me. If I don't, if I don't need to go hard, I won't go hard. Um, and and I, I learned that because some parents I see, they take everything, they blow everything out of proportion, some parents. They, they make big deals out of stuff that ain't big deals. Um, and I think that's unnecessary. And I think that does damage to the child. You know, me, I'm just like, yo, what's up? Let's talk about this. Let's, what's going on? What, what are you really thinking? Yeah, what's really on your mind? So that's, I think, how it influenced me. If that answers your question. There you go. Yeah. There. <laughs> well, on that note, I mean, um, my fathering style is definitely influenced by the people who did raise me, which would be my mother, my stepfather, and to a degree, my grandmother. Um, but really, it's just me doing the stuff that I wish that I did have somebody to do with me. Nobody played with me, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's the dad that I am. I am the playing with you, let's do this, let's do that, go 
exciting kind of go out and have fun type dad. So it works. And ultimately, I think you can only be who you are. So that's kind of who I am as a person. That's definitely who I am as a parent. So yeah, that's basically it. Well, I didn't know my, bio I don't know my biological father. I think the first time I ever saw him, I think I was in middle school. My mom and I were leaving Kmart and somebody talked to her, I spoke to her. I actually were going to Kmart, I think. And somebody was leaving and they had a conversation real quickly. I remember he asked me what my name Clip. And I was like, no, nah, my name is Keltra. So we walked away and my mom, she's like, you know, you know what that was? I was like, no, like that was your father. So I looked back, I couldn't pick him out of the lineup. That was my only time ever in my life remember her saying that that person was your father. That being said, my father figure was my grandfather. Uh, anybody that knows me knows my old man and he and I, we were thick as thieves, as the old folks say. Um, from from birth, he was always around. He was the my go-to person. Um, any wisdom that I, I got, you know, he was a person that gave me wisdom. All anecdotes, all of y'all met him. Uh, funny as hell. In the beginning, he was really hard on me. You know, he was just like, he was the super strict. I mean, I was a preacher's kid, so he was... I was like, I didn't, I, I didn't like him until I understood what it was to be a man. And that probably happened when I was like 18, 19. I used to whoop my ass. I remember in college when I came back to my very first uh, summer, or maybe it was in Christmas, I thanked him for whooping my ass all those times. I said, I really appreciate it because it, it helped me, you know, kind of learn. So he, he instilled principles, ethics, values in me that I don't, you know, I didn't get from a TV show. Uh, he, we did family stuff together. I watched how he treated my grandmother. I never saw them argue. Um, not that they joined was perfect, but it was just certain things that a child wasn't supposed to be exposed to from his perspective. Um, so I learned a lot from him and I still implement a lot of the principles that he, that he taught me. So, you know, much love and respect to Dr. Harold L. Prince. Well, I think everybody's, uh, I guess everybody's learning style and how they learn to be a father was different. Like me growing up in the Bronx, I never saw my father. Every 80%, 90% of the homies I had didn't have their father. So I guess to Rod's point about, I didn't relate it to father figure as I don't see that in my neighborhood. I related it to when I become a father, whose father personality would I most like to have? And then during that era, is between either James from Good Times or Heathcliff Huxtable. And I gravitated to Heathcliff Huxtable. So as I got older and then realized what's fictitious and what's real and how you can impose and what's manageable, I think I raised my daughter, to all, my daughters to always listen to him, talk to him, let him know what's going on. I mean, I'll be totally honest. Do I think I have a strict bone in my body when it comes to them? Yeah. But I would do anything and everything for them. And I want to make sure I have a, I have an open relationship with them. Like, am I so, yeah, you could do the time out at like, Am I soft? Am I soft for my daughters? Yes. But Keltrick, you being their godfather, and John and Rob being around since they babies, they turned out amazing. Of course, everybody, every parent says that, but yeah, no, they've, they really turned out, they've turned out amazing because I've always said I have an open door policy with you. Talk to me about anything. Even if you think I will go from zero to 100, tell me anything. And over the 17 years, they've resonated with that. Because it's weird. Y'all have seen it. Maybe not all of y'all. But when, I'm, when my daughters aren't around me and they're at their mother's house, every day, 6.30 in the morning, I get a text. Daddy, I love you. 9.30 at night. Daddy, good night. I love you. How was your day? So that, I even had a colleague one time. I was at work and it was like about 3.30 and they were coming home from school. Is it a colleague? Like, I just want to be clear. Is it a colleague or a colleague? Colleague. Male colleague. <laughs> I hate you. A male colleague of mine was just like, my daughter called me and she was like, Daddy, you left this morning at 6.30 and you didn't tell me I love you. And I was like, babe, you were sleeping. I didn't want to wake you. She was just like, Dad, I need to talk to you every day because I don't know when's the last time. And he mm -hmm. was amazed. He was like, you got a 17-year-old daughter that still bonds with you like that? So 
I treasure that. Do I know how long it'll last? Do I think it will last forever? But my, you know, I, I think my, my, my father's style is all right. I don't have nothing complete. We all say this. Let me, let, me, let me jump in too, real quick. So, Neil, I think you are an outstanding father. I, I admire the relationship you have with, your, with the twins. Um, I, I aspire to have that same dynamic with my daughter as she gets older. Because I, I see how you interact with them. I see how they react to you. And it's, it's beautiful, man. Like, real is actually that, bro. Real talk. Appreciate that, bro. And, and I, I need I need you to stop doing something, Neil. Stop adding an extra year on everything. Like a couple of weeks ago, you said something about being 48. You're not 48 until November. I'll be 48 this year. You, you know then, what? Let then, the world then, know. Rashim and I do this every year. No. Me, Neil Denton, the year that I'm in, the year that I will be, I claim that age already. No. I hate when I do that. In 2020, that, I'll be 48. So I'm plan? like, I claim it. You said 17. They're not 17 until August. They 17 next month. Right. They're 16 right now. <laughs> you always do that because you said you say 48. And I was like, well, that makes me 47 because we exactly a year apart. But, nah, but you know what though? I do want to take like I a 30, I do want to take a 30-second timeout, not even to be mushy, but to salute all of us, man. Because if we think about how we were raised, we all had different backgrounds in different standards and growing up, but we're not supposed to be here. So I will say all of y'all, y'all are exemplary fathers. John, I love you to death, boy. I know you hate all the mushy stuff. You're an excellent father. Keltrick, you know we talk all the time, man. Your daughter is amazing. I salute you. And Ra, you are OG. You was tailor-made for this. So y'all are three brothers I salute that are doing amazing jobs, and I just want the world to know that. Word up. Right. Thanks, but the world's not listening to us. Appreciate it, though. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. I mean, uh, that's wonderful. I think that's great. So now we got room for a little partner topic. Yeah, partnership. You got any kind of relationship type stuff that you need to talk about, anything along those lines. That was kind of already what you just touched on. No, really. No, it wasn't. Partnership. That means the reason I, I submit the reason that we are the people that we are is because of the partners that we've had. Okay. So in all ways, as a dad, as a man, as a worker or whatever, 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 the people that you partner with throughout your life play a huge influential role on where you at. You know what I mean? So whoever you was dealing with in high school, they had some impacts and stuff on you and you changed a little bit and then in college and then in young adulthood and blah, 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 on up to the current stage. So your partners, your baby's mother, your wives, whatever you want to call it, is a big reason why you are the way you are. Go ahead, Rob. Not every partner I had has been that influential. Mm, Rob. Not every partner. There mm. have been partners I had that rubbed off and allowed me to, to reflect on some stuff and right. change. Okay. Some so they partners, so they influenced you in some way. Some partners, mm, not that influential. All of them have had some kind of impact on you, Rob. Mm, I wouldn't every last that. one of them. I would say not only I'll I'll take it a step further. I'll say everyone that didn't even make it to partner level, that was just in the running, that was just a jump off, hey, that man. was just just where do you get this shit from? <laughs> Let them live, dog. The mind mystifies all kinds of ideas. Let them live, bro. Self esteem make it seem like the thought took years to build. <laughs> Here's my point the people that you have been involved with influence you. Everybody that you meet causes you to, you know, change in a little bit, of, not change, but just alter and grow and blah, blah, blah and you are the culmination of all your experiences. So the reason, KG, you are the way that you are is because of everything that you've gone through and the same for all of us. You know what I'm saying? Why is it that we all stayed with the mothers of our children or never abandoned the kids that we had? What is so different about us? What, what do you mean? Nothing. Um, Nothing. There's huge, um, what is the word I'm looking for? You know, not runaway dads. What's the word? Um, Debbie. Debbie. Debbie Dattery is a major thing in the black community. It's a major thing in all communities. 
Before we go there, Neil, I acknowledge that that's the case. Yeah. But I'm just going to say from my experience, the dudes that I have been close with from New York all the way down to D.C., every last one of them would fight like hell to be in the lives of their children. Every last one of them. All of them. Go ahead, Coach. This deadbeat stuff, I don't know nothing about that. Go ahead, Cage. I'll say this, man. I think the generation that we are a part of, I don't know a lot of absentee fathers, at least in the circles that I travel. The previous generation, yeah, it was probably it was a lot more prevalent. But I know at this at this current stage that I'm in, everybody around me, if they got kids, they are fighting to get more time with with their kids, even fighting to, to be the primary caregiver with their kids. So I don't, I don't know if deadbeat dads is as prevalent as it once was. Um, I do think people are probably sowing their seeds still, probably. Right. But in terms of uh, being deadbeat, I don't know. I don't know if you can just disappear. Like, I don't know a lot of people who have the experience that I have now, like where they've never seen their dad before. I don't know if that still exists. There are some people out there like that, but like John, like no. I was throwing that. Let, let me be very clear. I'm not saying it does not exist. Right. Not at the same level. Listen, you didn't know your you didn't know your dad, Neil. I didn't know my dad. I know plenty of people who've never seen their father before in their life. Right. I know plenty of people who saw their father maybe like one, like they can count on their hands how many times they've seen their dad. I don't know if that's happening as much as it used to be now. And so what do you think, either Kelchick or John, what do you think that makes it prevalent? Because there are, let's say, let's say a man and a woman, they, they, they've been together, they were married, they had a child, but for whatever reason, they separated. So the man is so bitter against the wife, the ex, the baby mama, that he neglects the child. Like every time he sees the child, I guess he might have a vision of the mother, so there's a detriment to that. How do you, can that be fixed? How, how, how would you give somebody advice to be like, yo, work on the relationship with your child? That sounds like an immature individual to me. If you can't differentiate between the child and, and the mama, then you, some, something else going on. Especially when your child is reaching out to you. They wanna know who you are, but you still brush them off because you still have resentments against the mother. I mean, I feel like uh, the reason what uh, Neil, what you was talking about, I think the reason that we don't have a whole lot of that in our circles is because, and this is gonna sound very egotistical and conceited, I'm trying not to, but it simply is, we have a different educational level. I think that we have a different income level. So we just are in our little highly educated employed ass bubble. So no, we don't know a whole bunch of dudes that are you know, not in their children's lives or struggling to find employment. You know, I keep hearing about it on the internet, but I honestly don't know a whole bunch of dudes. I hear women say all the time, my baby's father would rather not pay child support. So in order to do that, he'll get money under the table so that he don't have to, you know, the state don't know what he's getting paid and blah, blah, blah. That stuff is still happening. It's still very prevalent. It's just something that we aren't experiencing because of the kind of social circles that we're in or whatever. And Keltrick, I totally agree with you that our generation is much better fathers. I think that is has a huge uh, reason being is because our father's generation was coming up during crack and everybody was absent. It was either on drugs or in prison or they had some kind of issue or whatever. And so therefore, the children that they had, they abandoned the mothers. They was already, you know, they did whatever they did. Those kids grew up and was like, I'm not going to do the same stuff that I had to go through. And so we're very doting, like, intense as fathers we yeah. might be terrible husbands but we pretty good fathers i see you rock go ahead rock just to tweak it um i came up during crack my father came up during heroin okay <laughs> different errors <laughs> um i saw a meme earlier today that was speaking about talking about how two kids grew up in a house with an alcoholic father and and and, and, and one child because of that experience grew up having seen that all the time becoming an alcoholic Mm -hmm. while the second child grew up because of that experience having seen it all the time grew up hating alcohol mm -hmm. so you could have you know people going through the same experience but that doesn't mean they're going to come out with the same outcome that's correct you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so um that you know they, they i mean this is supposed to be 
partnerships, but I guess it's parenting and partnerships. There has always been that debate on whether or not, because you didn't have a consistent father in your life, if you could effectively be a good father. And, and I always saw that like, just because you didn't have a, a, a man or a father in the household, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you can't gain, get, learn, acquire the skills to be a good father. You didn't need to have a father in the household to be a father. It could be because you didn't have a father, you learned how to be the best father that you are. You know, what, what are you thinking? What's your, what's, 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 I see you, your wheels. I agree. How can you do, I mean, I don't know how you fill a role that you have literally never seen. You know what I'm saying? Like, did you not go to school? There's no fatherhood school. What is that? No, but, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm. Nah, he's just saying, John, like, no, no, no. This is what I'm saying. Don't say it for me. This is what I'm saying. You didn't know what you went to college to learn. You went to college and you learned it. Uh-huh. All right. So when you're saying, how can you, how can you do that? Because there's no one there to teach you, to show you. That doesn't mean you can't get that knowledge and that information from someone else. All I'm saying is get it from someone else. Yo, like, I just can't see how I could be a father. I got a kid out there, 6, 7, 8, 9, 18, 21, and I ain't got no relationship with you. I, You know what I'm saying? Like, people say different things, and I hear people say excuses like, oh, me and the mother just don't get along. To me personally, that's bullshit. That might be somebody else's truth. It might be whatever. But, yo, I got a shorty out there with my genetics, my DNA, and I have no relationship with you. I just, I just can't understand it, but it does happen. It, wow. it, 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 it does happen out there, but especially if, if your child, son or daughter is reaching out to you or wants to have a relationship with you, but for some reason you shutting them down, that, that's, that's crazy to me. I think that's a selfish, the people who don't want to be in their kid's life are a little selfish, a lot selfish actually. And then how many people have their friends that'll hold them accountable? Like I know for a fact, I have no doubt that all three of y'all, if I wasn't doing what I needed to do for my girls, I would check ASAP and vice versa. So- I'll talk so bad about you. Say it again now. I'll talk so bad about you. Oh, no, you would. I know for a fact. No, I can't even say you especially. All of y'all. All of y'all. But I don't, I, I don't know, B. I, and, and like, to Rob's point, you hear some people say, I don't know how to be a good dad because I ain't have one. That's crazy to me. Like, how is that even valid? But. It is what it is. Well, on that note, it's been a good little show here. Do y'all have any kind of little final words or whatever? Nothing. See, this is dead air. We can't have that. Stay safe. Be safe. You know. No, 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 no. We got no just um, you know, thank y'all for listening. We're trying out a new format. We're gonna we're gonna talk about uh politics and pop culture. We're gonna talk about parenting and, and partnerships. So um We'll stick with that, and, and 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 make sure we can get this out to folks so they can, uh, you know, they can enjoy our conversation and our get together. One hundred percent. It is. Neil, you that's that's it for you, Neil. Man, I'm tired. I'm doing these two days, dog. I'm I you. I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to drop another ten more pounds, and then I'll be happy. So I'm tired. Dude, man. you should you almost you all working out. You should you should have a lot of energy if you're doing all that, bro. But see, I you, I kind of have a little work ethic like you do when it goes to the gym. So I, I sometimes I push myself even more than I need to, not, and I end up paying for it. But it is what it is. No regrets. Right. Counselor, to help you out. <laughs> Yo, I wanted to say one more thing. So um, the mother of my children told me that she did not particularly enjoy last week's conversation <laughs> for a variety of reasons. So I want to make sure that it is established and understood that I'm not saying that she is, does not exist, that she is not in some way, shape, form or fashion out there in the world doing a thing and being a mother, and being a good mother and all that other good stuff. I am giving my opinion about um, my situation and I'm trying to not mention her whatsoever, but she does exist, she's out there. I'm not trying to say she's a deadbeat, or anything of the sort. So, what does she find? What does she? What does she challenge? Um, I'm trying to think what I said last week, and it was I can't even remember. It was basically the general gist was 
I act like she isn't around. I act like she isn't involved. I act like she doesn't exist, that type of stuff. And she does. And I'm not trying to act like that. What I'm trying to do is say, this is what I'm doing and what I think and not refer to her whatsoever in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And that's what she's like, no, I'm, I'm out here and I'm, I'm existing. You ain't just by yourself. You know, the, I get the kids sometimes. Sometimes she does. And you know, that type of stuff. So yeah. <laughs> and there you go. Um, please like, subscribe, share, all of that. We on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Anchor, all of the above. Yes. So that's it. I mean, until next week, we're going to touch base again. Um, Y'all have a good night. Peace. Straight, no chaser.